What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, August 3rd, 2015, as always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only in-house union screen printer in Boston. They specialize in custom uniforms and business apparel. Follow them on Twitter, Beantown underscore dot, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Beantown Athletics. And on Instagram, of course, you can swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester or give them a call, 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And when you do either swing by the shop or give them a call or hit them up on social media, make sure you tell them that I sent you. And also, Beantown Athletics, they, they printed out the T-shirts for the Dorchester Wiffleball Classic, which I'll get to in just a second, which was part of... Um, a a wild weekend. We had some Deflategate news that I'll get to in a few minutes. Obviously, the Major League Baseball trade deadline was on Friday. I'll react to that on today's podcast as well. Uh, happy 38th birthday to Tom Brady today. But uh, let's go back to the weekend. Uh, got some bad news to start. Got some bad news to start. Rowdy Roddy Piper passed away. And, um... You know, this was a guy that was known to really be the first to cut these promos. You know, you need to be good on the mic. Really, you need to be great on the mic to have some type of special presence in the WWE. Well, it started as the WWF. And Rowdy Roddy Piper really was the the, the first guy to take the mic and take complete control of the arena, of the broadcast, of the event with his words and you know you see when promos are cut now in the WWE you know these guys go back you can go back and you can look in the history books and the archives look get the WWE Network that's all you really need and go back and watch Rowdy Roddy Piper what he did on the mic in Piper's pit Uh, he is a legend and he passed away he was way too young and we remember Rowdy Roddy Piper all weekend and on this show today. Uh, the Hot Rod, the Hot Rod had quite a presence in the WWF. And again, look, to be great, you got to be great in the mic. Rowdy Roddy Piper was certainly that. Uh, so rest in peace, Rowdy Roddy Piper. That was some bad news we got to start the weekend. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, there's the, the Deflategate news that came out. I'll get to that. We had the, the trade deadline of Major League Baseball. Uh, but there was, look, there was, some, there was some good news. There was some good news this weekend. And that is because, as I sit here, as someone who is from South Boston, born and raised, um, well, I do the show here in Dorchester, you know that. And, you know, every summer we're big on the, the tournaments, the street hockey tournaments, uh, these guys play in a stickball tournament. I don't play in that. But I play in the street hockey, the wiffle ball tournaments. We're big on the tournaments. And, you know, when you're from Southie and you can walk into Dot Park and you can go into the Dorchester Wiffle Ball Classic and you can come out as the winner, as the champion, I'm sorry. I'm going to celebrate that shit for a couple days. My producer, Pete Needham. Part of the team, along with our pitcher, Kevin Feeney, who just dominated on the mound for us this weekend at Todd Park. 
Look, they're from Dorchester. I'm not, but still, I came in as someone from Southie, jumped on the Dorchester team, and we took home the title. And we're still celebrating today, baby. I Look, I don't know how it feels to be from Dorchester and to just have one kid from Southie on a team that wins it all. But, you know, when uh, any time somebody, even if it's just one kid in another team, comes to Southie and wins a tournament, it makes us a little angry. So I assume that today, this morning, when people listen to this, dot rats all over. They hear me just, if you can see me, you can see the smile ear to ear. Uh, the wallet a little bit heavier today. The bank account a little bit more rich. But I tell you what, I'll, I don't even need the money. I just need the bragging rights. Selfie comes into Dot and wins the Wiffle Ball Tournament. Win, we win the Dorchester Wiffle Ball Classic. What a weekend. What a moment. What a title. 5-0. and all. Uh, Our cleanup hitter. Our home run guy, Pete Needham, is sitting across from me today in the studio with his knee up on a chair. He's injured, but we battled. And even though the rules were a little sketchy, we wouldn't have those crazy rules in Southie, I'll tell you that. Uh, we battled through injury, through crazy rules, through some rain. I think it rained for a few minutes. Through the heat, sunburnt. Uh, you name it. We we battled through it all and were victorious. Championship. We took the Dorchester Wiffle Ball Classic down. Let's let it play out. It's a beautiful song, right? Anytime you get a chance to play this song, you do it. So that's why we just played it there. Pete, you're a little banged up today because of the Wiffle Ball Tournament. Yeah, I'm pretty, right? pretty sure I tore my ACL. Is that what you think yeah, it is? Yeah. We got a couple of uh, fake doctors in the back that... Oh, they think you tore your ACL? Yeah, they've already diagnosed we, uh, me. Well, you know what to do? Tore an ACL. Uh, maybe you should tweet some. There's a lot of doctors on Twitter, right? And that's what I've noticed over the years. <laughs> a lot of doctors on Twitter. You wouldn't, you'd be surprised. Some of them don't even have legitimate profile pictures. You know, you'd think that if you were a doctor and you were on Twitter, you'd have a selfie of yourself, like, in the hospital or something, like, doing some crazy surgery. No, not a lot. You don't get a lot of those pictures to go along with all these doctors that are on Twitter. Tweet something out. You might, you, might, you might get a couple. Some of the diagnoses on Twitter might not make sense, but um, well, I would at least have, people I, try. People I would have try. sacrificed both knees for this, for this championship. Yeah, it was a, it was a big-time championship, oh, yeah. and uh, I'm glad to be part of the team. Glad to have you. Yeah. and uh, Last-minute addition. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. We're saying that now. We, we have to say that now. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, there's no rule that says, you know, if the teams change – that you can't play, right? There's no rule. But other people might not be very happy about that if we tell them that I really was a last-minute addition. So I don't think that person's going to listen. Anyways, we'll just move on. We'll move on, and uh, we'll get to some other stuff this weekend. Oh, one more thing before I move on and get into the Deflategate and the Major League Baseball trade deadline stuff, which is on Friday. Um, I mentioned happy 30th birthday to Tom Brady. Also, this weekend, uh, Ronda Rousey, she wins her fight in less than a minute. I mean, I had people who were, like, making big plans to watch this fight. I'm like, really? What do you – the fight's not – what time was the fight? Midnight? 11.30? I don't even know. But it's not. It's going to be over real quick. 
you know, real quick, and it was. So, Ronda Rousey, is anyone going to beat her? Probably not. Um, but I want to say congratulations, not just to ourselves and for winning the wiffle ball tournament, but also, no, seriously, congratulations to Sam Kennedy. He will be named as the new president of the Boston Red Sox at the end of the season as Larry Lucchino will be stepping down. Sam Kennedy, as you know, was he's a friend of the Danny Picard show. He's a guest on this show. Uh, he was in studio in April. And believe it or not, we got Sam Kennedy to throw an F-bomb. Right? I mean, we get the, now the next president of the Boston Red Sox uh, to come in here and throw an F-bomb. Not because he was mad at me, but I sort of, you know, I, 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 I let him onto it. I, I almost wanted to hear that type of reaction to the question I asked. Uh, but he wasn't mad about anything. You should go back and listen. Go to dannypicard.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes back in April. I believe very beginning of April he was sitting here in studio. We did almost an hour with him, and it was great. It, honestly, it was one of my... One of my favorite shows that I've done in in any for any station anywhere any show that I've ever done in any station outlet that was one of my favorite shows with Sam Kennedy in studio. Who knows? Maybe we'll get him in again now that he's going to be named the president of the Boston Red Sox. So congratulations to Sam Kennedy, who you know if I do have him in again, I will absolutely a hundred and ten percent. Be reminding him that if he needs to ever look for a new general manager of the Boston Red Sox, I, I would like to at least get an interview. Because I got some theories, I got some players, I got some trades, I got some signings, I got some opinions. And, uh, you know, for the people that say, oh, the Mets will never trade for Joanna Cespedes, you know that I told you that the Red Sox should have jumped in. And, you know, I said, here was my, it was my theory. For like the last two weeks, I said, look, the Mets need a bat. Somebody needs to give them a bat. The Tigers, what you need to do if you're the Red Sox, you need to see that. You need to somehow get your hands on Yohannes Cespedes again. And people say, well, you just traded for him. I mean, excuse me, you just traded away. Traded him away. You traded him to Detroit to get Rick Porcello. I say, yeah. What you do is you say, I messed up. We're about to trade Napoli somewhere. We're going to open up a spot in the infield, maybe move Hanley in. We want Cespedes back on our team. We think we might move Hanley in the offseason or we might do something. We just we messed up with the Cespedes thing. Can we give you a, t- a couple prospects for Cespedes right now? And, you know, try to get Cespedes and then flip him right to the Mets. Three-team deal. And say, we want Zach Wheeler. Now, I know, look, so people thought it was crazy. The Mets actually traded for Johannes Cespedes. Now, they didn't give up Wheeler. Wheeler was originally in the trade to Milwaukee for Carlos Gomez. That deal fell through. Um, the... The Detroit Tigers for Johannes Cespedes, they end up getting two minor league pitchers from the Mets. Now, uh, one of them was not named Zach Wheeler, of course. But if you're the Red Sox, I certainly think there was something that you could do to say, hey, let's make something happen. you got to get a Zach Wheeler. That's the guy they should have targeted. That's the type of trade. They were down and out of it. You know, you got a guy you can add to your rotation next season who's in his mid-20s, overpowering stuff, and I think they dropped the ball on that. Now, I didn't hear anything that says that they didn't try to go after him, but at the same time... I didn't hear anything that says they did. So if I hear that they didn't try to go after Zach Wheeler, I'm, maybe this is a bad assumption. I'll assume they didn't try. Uh, but, you know, hey, that was an idea I had. And it turns out the people who thought it was crazy that the Mets wouldn't get Yoannis Cespedes, they actually did. And the Red Sox should have been involved way before that, a week before. Because really the biggest trades in the Major League Baseball trade deadline happened earlier in the week and the week before. They did. You know, the David Price stuff, the Johnny Cueto trade... Uh, we saw the Casimir trade way before that. You saw Cole Hamels go to Texas. You saw the uh, Tulowitzki to Toronto. 
And the Blue Jays are an exciting team. And David Price, what's he going to pitch today, tonight, makes his Blue Jays debut. Got a flat tie at driving to Toronto, too. Can't make it up. But, um, look, the Blue Jays certainly an exciting team that can get in, uh, at least into the wild card spot. And, you know, I mentioned the Mets. They had Cespedes last night. The Mets Now the Mets are in first place today. The Mets beat the Nationals last night. Uh, the play, City Field was rocking. I wasn't there, but you could tell on TV that City Field was rocking. What, they get three home runs in that one inning on five pitches? The Cespedes didn't even hit one of them. But I think Cespedes' presence, the fact that they went out and made that move, I think it certainly sends a vibe throughout the clubhouse. A couple different vibes, I think, if you're, if you're a Mets player. One, everybody on this team better step it up and start hitting because that's why they went out and got a hitter. The other thing is, you know, you're seeing from your front office that they feel confident that this team can go somewhere this season. And I think that's a good feeling to have if you're a player in that Mets clubhouse. They got the pitching. Right? They got Avi, they got DeGrom, they got Syndergaard, and I'm telling you right now, if the Mets can get into the playoffs, they get a wild-card spot, they win that game, they get in, they are, they are going to be a tough team to beat with that rotation. No question. With those three guys that it's mentioned. Uh, so, that really, on, on the Friday, the trade deadline at 4 o'clock, nothing crazy happened. I think Cespedes was really one of the bigger names moved. Now, the Red Sox... They did not trade Napoli. They had traded Victorino earlier on, right, in the week. And um, Napoli was not moved. Now, he wasn't moved, I'll say, yet. Because the that July 31st, Friday, was the non-waiver trade deadline. The waiver deadline is August 31st. Now, with Napoli's money, you have to put him on waivers. And if he clears waivers, if no team claims him, then the Red Sox can trade him to whoever they want. Now, the risk you run is a team actually claims them, and you can only deal with that team, okay? You'd only be able to make a trade with that team. So a team sometimes can, uh, can, can make the claim, and, you know, they can say— and, and by the way, the waiver process goes from worst team in your league up to the best team in your league, and then goes to the National League, and it'll start at the worst team again. So the whole American League will have a chance to get Napoli before the National League does, and it'll start with the, you know, let's say, let's say one of the worst teams, I don't think one of the worst teams would claim them. There's no need for them to do that because here's the risk that the team uh, takes when they put the claim in. The Red Sox can say, you know what, you put the claim, you can have them, and you have to pay a salary, and we don't want anything in return. That's what, they, that's what can happen. So the only teams that would claim them are a team that feels like maybe they need a bat but considering, you know, the price it, it might it might cost cost them, um, I, I think that Napoli, there's a good chance he clears waivers. And if he clears waivers, then the Red Sox can really dangle him to anybody and can still train him. So that is still a possibility. The Red Sox, the move they make, they get a reliever Ryan Cook from Oakland for cash. All right, whatever, whatever that means. But the Red Sox are really not very involved. Um, in the trade deadline process. But, yeah, really, not to my su- – I mean, I wasn't surprised by that. And anybody who was surprised, just I, – I don't know that you understand the way this should work. You know, the Red Sox are not playing for anything right now. Henry Owens, young kid, he's going to make his major league debut tonight. Now, I don't know that I agree in the place that he's going to make his major league debut, which is – excuse me, not tonight, tomorrow night. Red Sox have off tonight. I will be on WEI tonight. 10 to midnight, for those wondering, this Monday night. Red Sox tomorrow will begin a series in the Bronx. Henry Owens, lefty, uh, one of the top prospects in the Red Sox organization. He will make his major league 
debut, his first Major League start at Yankee Stadium. I don't know if that's the best place for Henry Owens to make his Major League debut, but that's what they're going to do. And, um, you know, that's where the Red Sox stand. And if you expected anything or should have expected anything at the deadline Friday, it was moving Napoli, maybe a Deaza, maybe entertain the idea, even though Koji Uihara has one year left on his deal, you know, perhaps that provides even some more trade value in in what you would get for Koji Uihara. So, So I think that that was a possibility, but anything else, you know, it would take, it would really need to be something sneaky, like a move that I mentioned which is, you know, going out and maybe getting involved in a three-team deal and then saying that, all right, we added a pitcher who's on the DL and Zach Wheeler who's recovering from Tommy John, but he's, he's in his mid-20s. We think he's going to come back and be even better. And, and he's a guy that middle of next season we're going to put in our rotation and he could possibly be one of the top pitchers on our team. You know, and you give up prospects to the Tigers and send Cespedes to the Mets. I thought that type of sneaky, let's get creative type of deal makes sense for the Red Sox. But for the blockbuster, like, like I had people come to me and say, why weren't the Red Sox in on David Price? I said, well, wait a minute. I mean, do you know what the... And, and they say, well, the Blue Jays didn't give up many players. Well, the Blue Jays, sure, they didn't give up many players, but they gave up their legitimate, their number one prospect in their organization. To rent David Price. They're going for it this year. The Red Sox were in no position, are in no position, to trade one of their top prospects for a rental in a season in which they're in last place and they're not going to playoffs. Season's over. So that's why you don't make the move for a Cueto, for a Price. And for the people who say, well, you can lock him up and you can, you know, you can get the extension before he hits free agency. Well, look, easier said than done. Because at the end of the day, the player can do whatever he wants. If the player wants to test free agency, he doesn't have to have a contract negotiation with you. If he doesn't want to. And for everything that I've seen the last couple off seasons for stud starting pitches, David Price is undoubtedly looking at the John Lester contract and going, I want that. And you know what? I want more. So what are they going to do? They're going to hit the open market, and they're going to negotiate, and they are going to use leverage in certain spots, and they're going to go to the highest bidder. That's what they're going to do. So nothing guarantees that you re-sign them. And so if you're the Red Sox and a team like the Red Sox, to answer the people's questions, and people are like, well, why didn't they go off the price? They didn't go off the price because they're not giving up a top prospect to rent a guy in a season that is lost, in which there's no guarantee you re-sign him. Sorry. You know, if David Price... Had, three, had two years after the season left in his deal, maybe you do something like that. But at the same time, you know, Detroit isn't necessarily a spot that that will trade a guy that, that is making big money. I mean, they will pay the Detroit pays the big money. And so it just it wasn't a situation in which that was possible, or the Red Sox should have done that. The, the moves the Red Sox made, if you were expecting anything, you should have been expecting them to move Napoli. Uh, that's a guy in a contract year. You're selling, you're just getting a couple, pro- maybe one prospect. Who knows? Something minor. Minor deals. That's all you're in position to do. And then this winter is when you go after the big dogs. Is when you go after the blockbuster trade. And you dangle a Jackie Bradley Jr., right? And you dangle uh, some of your top prospects to get the guy like Sonny Gray from Oakland. I mean, that, you do that in the winter. You're not going to do that before Friday. That, that, that's just unrealistic, those type of moves right now. So, uh, the Red Sox didn't do anything crazy. 
uh, you know, they get this reliever, Ryan Cook, from Oakland for cash. And uh, I'm not surprised they didn't do anything crazy. But I really did want them to get to try and do everything they could, knowing that Zach Wheeler was available. It couldn't hurt you to go out and try and make that happen. I, I, I haven't heard that they tried. I hope they did. Um, but they didn't get him. Zach Wheeler stays in the Mets, and the Mets still get Yoannis Cespedes. So uh, that's where we stand in Major League Baseball and what happened on Friday at the trade deadline. And and then, you know, we get this whole deflategate stuff. I mean, there's just, it, there's never, a day does not go by in which we don't get a piece of news from deflategate. Just, just doesn't happen. Just that's unrealistic, right? You're having a day go by and saying, wow, no news on deflategate? That's just not possible. That we always are going to get news on this story. Now, here's what we have. There will be a settlement conference, okay, on August 12th. And if necessary, another settlement conference on August 19th. The most interesting aspect to these settlement conferences, because here's what both sides said. Look, Adell came down. He said, we're going to uphold the suspension. It's going to be four games. That's, that's not right. That's not cool. That's a terrible thing for the league to do because it keeps this story going on. Brady's camp, rightfully so, is going to fight this. He should not have the same suspension as Greg Hardy. On no planet does that make any sense. So you're going to fight it. And uh, basically now the league and the NFLPA, they're saying, we need to end this before the season begins. You cannot have this season lingering. Excuse me, you cannot have this story lingering into the season. You can't. You just can't do it. So what are they doing? They're going to have settlement conferences, one on August 12th, and if necessary, another one on the 19th. But the most interesting part to these settlement conferences they're going to have, in which Brady is going to be there, Goodell's going to be there, is that they're open to the public, which means that they could be media in there. Now, I don't know if that means they can bring video cameras or if this thing is going to be televised on TV. I mean, I'm this thing is so stupid that there's part of me that believes the NFL has done this for the sole purposes of televising this event, right? For the sole purpose of televising this event and somehow making money off it. I, 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 just, I just have this thing in the back of my mind that's like, oh, the NFL loves to be in the news, as we mentioned. They've waited this thing out. They, you know, they've waited to release the, their, their decision on the appeal hearing. They always want to be the top story. They love to control the news cycle. They want to be known as a league in which they're in the news 365 days a year, 24-7, you name it. They want to be the top story. And something like this, you know, they're going to drag it out if they say, hey, we can end it before the season, but here's how we're going to end it. We're going to end it with a fucking bang. We're going to do pay-per-view, uh, settlement hearing in a courtroom in New York City. We're going to uh, have... Have the judge in there, Brady versus Goodell. It's going to be everywhere. We're going to sell crazy advertisements. Can you believe how much money we can charge to get the advertisements for this, this show? This isn't a show. This is an event. Okay? And, and they're going to telecast this, and then they'll have a second one on August 19th, and they'll make even more money. I mean, I, I just have this thought in my head at the NFL the whole time. They say, we're going to... Uh, we're basically going to uphold the suspension, make it look like we're holding our ground, and then we go to the settlement, we'll settle, we'll take less, and we'll televise it all, make a whole lot of money off it. Or we'll just get this thing in the news. We'll keep it in the news. And we'll have a major story. I mean, if the NFL is so pathetic and it's such a circus, would you really rule that out to be something that they're thinking? Honestly, 
Would you really rule that out? They've given Tom Brady the same number of games as Greg Hardy. It's, it's a circus. It's a joke. It's a clown show, as I've been calling it since the day the Wells report came out. All right? And, and I just don't expect anything in this whole saga to go as it should. Or just to be a normal situation in which we all can move on from without any type of dramatics. No, 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 no. This is an event. And the NFL is going to make sure this thing ends with a fucking bang. Which is even more pathetic than the whole Deflategate saga itself. But that's what I fear is happening here. Now, the judge in this, in this settlement conferences has requested that both sides, the NFL, Brady's camp, the NFLPA, that both sides engage in comprehensive, good-faith settlement discussions prior to the conference. Basically saying, hey, we're going to have this settlement conference on August 12th. But if you happen to be able to come up with some type of agreement before then, then we don't even need the settlement conference. Now, based on the situation that I just played out in front of you, I don't expect any type of agreement. I expect them to get in there, get some, you know, get the news cycle going, make this an event, and, and, and really, once again, be the top story on SportsCenter, on sports radio, on podcast, on TV. I mean, you name it. They want to be the top story. So I don't think I don't I don't expect any type of settlement. Um, no, there was something that happened fr- late Friday, really around this. They tried. They were trying to steal the, uh, you know, the Patriots stealing the the thunder from everybody, for stealing the thunder away from the NFL. But the Patriots also, uh, trying to just Patriots trying to obviously get help Brady get off on this thing, and so they released in the on their website the Wells report in context or whatever it's called they released emails on friday that were exchanged between the patriots and the nfl and these emails make the nfl look absolutely terrible it's basically patriots members of the patriots organization uh patriots officials you name them they're emailing the league and they're basically saying hey this is back in february these emails are from they're saying hey these reports this initial report from Mortensen, or even the out, outside the line story on the K balls of McNally, they're not right. They're not true. They're inaccurate. This is insane. If somebody leaked this from the league, stuff that isn't true. So you guys need to come out with something and leak another report or do something, come out and make a statement and say those things aren't true. And the league, mul- multiple emails, several emails, every time the league came back and said, you know what? There's an investigation. We don't have to do shit. Uh, let's, you know, we're going to let, let this play out, you know, see you later. Basically told the Patriots to go fuck themselves. And the Patriots were just trying to give them factual evidence and say, the reports are wrong. And we sit here knowing that those reports were wrong. So why wouldn't the league, and we ask these questions, you know, Mortensen, uh, he won't, he won't go on Dennis and Callahan to talk about this. Which is just, you know, Mortensen, what did, what did Chris Mortensen think he was going to talk about? I mean, what does this guy think he's talking about? So, uh, look, Chris Mortensen, he still has never even tweeted anything, right? That said his report was wrong? ESPN hasn't even tweeted anything. In fact, uh, I, I follow Jerry Callahan or Dennis Callahan on Twitter, and they just they keep retweeting the ESPN or the Mortensen tweet. That is the original 11 of the 12 balls under PSI, underinflated. 
ESPN has never even taken that down. They haven't even deleted it. Like, this is just makes the NFL look terrible. Terrible. And uh, the Patriots released those emails, and, man, they, it's that's really some strong stuff right there. It's, again, Wells report in context. Go read those emails. And as, you know, the news continues to trickle out, there's always news. A supervisor for NFL officials. You know, they make some of these NFL officials and the supervisors available during training camp visits um, to basically talk to the teams, right, about certain rule changes, this and that, and then uh, they'll, they'll talk to the media. Now, according to the Pittsburgh Tribune Review, um, what is his name? Gary Slaughter, the Central Region Supervisor of Officials, was speaking to the media about new protocols that are in place for checking ball pressure. Now, Slaughter is a 12-year NFL official. Uh, he was a 12-year NFL official prior to becoming a supervisor. And he says that he has encountered footballs that will lose air because of leaks which have nothing to do with tampering by the teams. Here's the quote from Slaughter, again from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Slaughter says, quote, These are man-made products. There is a bladder and a valve. We have all checked them for many years. Sometimes when you check the ball in the locker room right out of the box, there could be a problem. They could have a slow leak, and you wouldn't even know it at the time. So that's something that don't you think should have been brought up in the investigation the minute that it started, right? Why are we just finding out that now in August? And can you believe it's August? Can you believe it's August? And by the way, starting this upcoming weekend, it is football, right? We get football, right? We got football, and it's going to continue up until, what, next February? When we're shoveling again? So what happened to the summer? July always flies by, always flies by. And here we are, training camp. You know, training camp always kind of hit. at least it hits me out of nowhere because I'm so involved in Major League Baseball, and you get to the trade deadline, it's an exciting time for me. At least someone, uh, of, you know, I am very interested in what happens around the entire league at the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. So you get, uh, we start to get some football, but it's already August. But why have we waited until August to release, you know, or for anybody to speak up and say, look, we've handled the footballs, this, that, the other thing. And for as long as we've been handling footballs, there always seem to be some slow leaks in some of the footballs, right? Like, I, I, I guess I don't understand why we're just finding out about this right now. I don't. And, you know, because we are, because we are, we are in a situation where we're once again questioning the officials. And that really is always what I come back to in this whole deflate game, deflate game bullshit is that, Walt Anderson, the officiating, uh, the fact that these guys don't even understand the rules themselves with regards to PSI or didn't want to abide by them or, or didn't take them seriously enough tells me that you can't all of a sudden start suspending quarterbacks who probably may be kind of sort of been at least generally aware of something that we don't even know happened. It's And here we go now. Settlement conferences. I, want, I don't know if there can be cameras in there. Open to the public. I assume that means media, right? Now, obviously, we've seen some things in which media is allowed into courtrooms 
and you get the sketches. You don't get cameras, but you get sketches. That might be something that 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 we see with this. I don't know. But the fact that it's gone this far, it's, it's sometimes I need to, you know, pinch myself and remind myself that this isn't like a murder trial or something. Honestly, this is so stupid. This is about air pressure in a football. We don't even know how many footballs or how much air pressure, but we're still doing this fucking thing, and it's driving me nuts, and I just need it to be ended. The only good thing I can get out of any deflake news that I heard this weekend or in recent history, recent memory, is that they're actually gonna they're actually gonna try and figure this out by August nineteenth at the latest. Right? Or by the end of August, early September, and they don't want this thing going on into into the regular season, which is I think is great for the league and I think it's great for the Patriots. I obviously won't be great for the Patriots if it only gets cut down to two games and it has to stay there because that means Tom Brady misses two games. But you know, at this point it's like, well, you know what then? Get me to get me to week three. Honestly, get me to week three, and then that's when Tom Brady is going to turn it on and he's going to light up the league. You know, when the, Super, when the Patriots won the Super Bowl last year, I, you saw me on Twitter. Like, I tweeted stuff out. I was like, hey, you know, you can try to win back-to-back. Next, see you at Super Bowl 50. You know, Patriots going to be in San Francisco. They'll be right back at this game. Of course I think that's realistic. Even the way they have butchered the secondary, they have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and as long as they have those two guys... They're going to be competitive to the point where we'll say, hey, they can win the division, and if you can win the division and get into the playoffs, anything can happen. We know that to be true. So I'm not going to say it's not realistic now looking back on those tweets because it is realistic. But at the same time, I think, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, part of me was also saying, embrace this. You know, instead of quickly looking ahead to next year to see what happens, embrace this championship because you don't know if you're ever going to. While I say it's possible, you don't know if you're ever going to have one again. We'll get one again, right? At least with this group, with Brady, the Belichick era. Take, you know, embrace this. Don't take this for granted, right? This is special. This is a, a special quarterback. This is a special coach. This is a special combination coach-QB duo that you don't see come around to your city with your team ever again. Some some cities never see it. We'll never see it. So, uh. Embrace this. Embrace the championship and don't look ahead. And if it turns out that Brady's career ended a couple of years down the road and Belichick left and they'll be bronzed in Canton and, and those two never won another championship together, right? Um, I wouldn't look back and say, damn, I wish they won another one. I, I'd look back and say embrace the ones that they gave you, especially the most recent one. But now, with all this drama and all this deflategate bullshit, I just... Uh, it, it makes you want them to win it again. It makes you say, fuck last year. Do it again. Okay, do it again. And and just put your, your foot on the throat of the league and say, you guys want to try to take us down, you're going to have to do better than air pressure in a football, okay? Because what this story did and what this story only did was motivate the best quarterback in the world to win another championship. And put his name in the record books, in the history books, once again. And make it even more of a no-brainer to any ass clown that wants to sit there and say, Tom Brady isn't a Hall of Famer or he deserves an asterisk because he did something to the footballs and he cheated. Okay, to any fucking ass clown that feels like that, here's what the Patriots are going to do. Under new rules that the NFL came up with, in which they 
document and pressure in the football. See, his, again, this report or this official that's coming out and is saying, these are man-made products, uh, there's slow leaks in a lot of these footballs. You know what this is? I think the league, with their new rule in which they document the PSI of the football now, and with random checkups, I think they know that we're going to find out that the air pressure in footballs changes during the game. And when they check them at halftime, and so now they need like some other excuse to get their back so they're getting it out now. Like, well, we've always known that some balls have slow leaks. Well, you look stupid, NFL. And you're going to look even dumber when Tom Brady just runs through the league. So, I just want to get to games that Tom Brady plays. That's where I'm at. And I just can't wait till this story is over so I don't have to turn my computer on in the morning or put on my phone and go to Twitter and see somebody else tweeting about the PSI in footballs and that the Patriots are involved in some type of, as they will call it, not me, they, scandal. Please. Can't wait to move on. So, um, yeah, that's what we had this weekend. And, you know, as we see training camp play out, next couple weeks we'll get into some training camp stuff uh, because the Red Sox, you know, they're done. And, again, they have tonight off. But Henry Owens will be on the mound against Tanaka tomorrow night in the Bronx. I, I just don't know how I feel about giving the kid the start in this game. Like, you can't wait? I'd even wait to go to Detroit. Go to Detroit. Detroit's given up. They gave away Cespedes. They gave away Price. I mean, go to let him let him have his debut in Detroit in the Bronx. Really, I just think it's too. I I just don't know that I like that. Now he may go out and dazzle, and where we praise him to the point, say, "Wow!" In that big a moment, even at Yankee Stadium against the first place Yankees, uh, he went out and did that. Nice, nice job. We might say that, but I just what's you know the risk. The risk is great in my opinion, greater than it has to be for a kid's debut. But that's what they're going to do. The Red Sox, obviously, the season is over. They are 13 games out of first place. I, you don't even look at the wild card, but you look at the standings. You got the Yankees in first. Hey, if the playoffs began today, right, after the weekend of the trade deadline, playoffs began today on this Monday, August 3rd. We'll be looking at the Yankees winning the AL East, the Royals winning the AL Central, the Houston Astros winning the AL West, and the wild card game in the American League would be Minnesota going to L.A. to play the Angels. Now, the wild card race there is Baltimore one game out, Toronto one game out, Tampa Bay three games out, Texas Rangers, hey, they just get Cole Hamels, don't sleep on them, three games out. The Tigers three and a half games out, but they see all these teams ahead of them, and they basically, they sold, so I don't expect them to make a run. The White Sox are an interesting team. Three games under 500. Three and a half games out of that one wild card spot. You know, they came in and just smacked around the Red Sox at Fenway earlier last week. And uh, they did not trade Samaja. And it was a risky move, but they basically said, we're going to go for something, some playoff spot, because we still can do it. And I'm not saying that on August 3rd, three and a half games back is out of the playoff race, but they might end up regretting not trading Samaja. Uh, the White Sox, I picked them to win the American League. So maybe they could make some type of run. Who knows? I wouldn't rule it out. They, they got to look, Sale, Samaja, it's, it's not, it wouldn't be crazy to me 
to see them win, go on a win streak, make some type of push, get in that race with the Orioles and the Blue Jays. I wouldn't be surprised, and the Twins and the Angels, I wouldn't. But that's how it would, uh, the AL would look if the playoffs began today. Angels would be playing the Twins in the wild card game. And the National League, uh, the Nationals and Mets, as I mentioned, tied for first. So you'd get them to play some type of playoff game. Uh, the Cardinals are in first place. They would win the NL Central if they began today. The Dodgers would win the NL West with the Giants right up there behind at two and a half games out. Uh, and then the wild card in the National League, the wild card race there, the Pirates would host, though you'd get a game, you'd get a couple games. The Cubs would play the Giants uh, for a, a one-game playoff to see who gets into the one-game playoff. And the winner of the Cubs-Giants would play the Pirates in Pittsburgh in the one-game wild card. So, look, we still got two months of baseball here. Uh, so I won't compl- – as we get into some training camp stuff, I'm not going to completely – I know people are excited for football. As college football starting soon, too, uh, I'm not going to completely abandon the Major League Baseball stuff just because the Red Sox are out of it. I won't. Uh, and we'll keep an eye on the Red Sox, too, on the moves they could make before the wave of deadline. And once again, you know, just throwing it out there, Sam Kennedy, if you listen, I know you're a friend of the show, and you're going to now be the president of the Boston Red Sox. If, you know, you bring in somebody that's uh, head of baseball operations, whatever, and, uh, you know, you need someone to go in and make some ballsy three team trades, right? Something I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure Ben's got the balls to, to, to make the three team trade, right? You got to be kind of a prick to pull that off, don't you? I, to me, Ben just comes off as a nice guy. I can be a prick. I can be sneaky. I can pull off the three-team trade, right? Just, maybe just an interview. Maybe just let me come in and explain what I'd like to do if I was GM. Working with baseball operations. Working with the scouting department, right? What, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be cool to see, uh, Kid from Southie wearing the Red Sox hat and behind that little glass and that little glass case compartment they got up there behind home plate. You can't apply. Like, can you just apply? I don't know. Can yeah. you? I don't know. First of all, well, you can't apply now because the job's not open. <laughs> ben Sherrington's the GM. I'm just saying. I want your job. When they, you know, Lucino's down. And by the way, the Lucino stuff. Look, people have knocked this guy. And and I mean, I come in here today and Joey T's like, oh, Lucino. Uh, and I'm going, wait a minute. Whether you think he played a large role or played a not didn't play a role at all, Larry Lucchino was part of a front office that helped this city win three World Series championships. And I'm not going to sit here today as Lucchino goes out the door and knock the guy. Okay, I'm not going to do it because what he was part of is something that for 86 years nobody else could be a part of, and I can't ignore that. So, for all the people that knock ownership, or they knock Lucchino, right, and the, knock this front office, you know, we were begging for, for a championship. And we were begging for them to get over that hump and win those big games and get to the playoffs and then win again. And they were able to do it three times under Lucchino's watch. So, I guess I'll just say, sit there and say, thank you. I will. But Lucchino's gone. Sam Kennedy stepping in, friend of the show. Again, if you go back in the archives, you can listen to his podcast. He joined me in studio for almost an hour, I believe right around an hour. And uh, it's on iTunes. It's at my website, dannypicard.com, beginning of April of this year. And uh, great stuff. 
One of the one of my favorite shows that I've done on any outlet. So make sure you listen to it. But Sam, if you are listening to this, make sure you know that if there is ever an opening there on Yaki Way, just ask him for an interview. And maybe asking where can I at least apply. That's all. That's all. So, uh, wrapping up the show here on this Monday, August 3rd. Again, we'll get into some NFL training camp stuff this week. Um, you know, at some point here, even as we get into the middle of August, late August, we got to get into some hockey and some Celt- Bruins and some Celtic stuff, right? Because before you know it, I'm telling you right now, once you're out of July, you're in August, football starts here. It's all of a sudden you got hockey and basketball starting too. And uh, that's where really the new cycle picks up. And hopefully, you know, we can completely forget about the Flakegate once we get into some regular season games that Tom Brady's able to play. But I'm glad they'll have this settlement conference and whatever type of the Flakegate news breaks any day, because you know there's going to be something else today that comes out tomorrow. I'll react to it five days a week. DannyPicard.com. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Just continuing to celebrate a championship on the Dorchester Wiffleball Classic. Turning skeptics into believers. Huh? <laughs> oh, some people are beautiful. But you got to rise above the hate. And what you do is when you're walking down to Dark Park with your salty t-shirt on, you just got to... You gotta go against the odds. You gotta battle the critics. And all those dot rats that are throwing beer on you as you up and bat. You just gotta ignore the noise for a few minutes. Hit a couple home runs and walk away with a title. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I've taken my bows and my curtain calls. Tune in everything that goes with it. I thank you all.